Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the autopsy of that that little that little tree frog that Sawyer squishes with his bare hands. This is a Lost podcast where we watch Lost. You watch Lost. We all watch Lost. Everybody on the planet watches Lost together, and we have this this collective experience and try to find out how it applies to our world today. I'm Daniel. I'm Eric. And we're here. We're talking about Lost Season 2, Episode 13, The Long Con, and Episode 14, One of Them, a Sawyer and Saeed episode, respectively. So we start off Episode 13, uh, Jack and Ana Lucia are talking about, you know, making their army and stuff. And Ana Lucia talks about how they're just not scared enough of the others. Uh, during this, Sun gets attacked, presumably by one of the others. But Sawyer says, hold on now, I don't know. And thinks that maybe it was Ana Lucia kind of trying to scare everybody up. And uh, he talks with Kate about that. She thinks it's a ploy for... Uh, Ana Lucia to get her hands on the guns as sort of a, hey, we need these to defend ourselves so she can get them from Locke. Sawyer goes to talk with Locke and says, hey, you better move the guns because Jack's coming here to get them. And then after they do that, uh, it turns out that uh, Sawyer was uh, actually pulling uh, pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. And uh, he, he had some unknown accomplice who works with him to take the guns after Locks moves them. And now he's kind of the warlord of the island. We find out at the end that his, uh, that his uh, accomplice was Charlie, who wanted revenge on Mr. Locke. Sawyer gets flashbacks in these episodes where we see him uh, have a, a new mark. A uh, somewhat uh, well-off divorced woman who... Uh, finds out that he's conning her kind of and then sort of joins his cons but then he's just actually after her but he kind of falls for her but an associate threatens him and all hell breaks loose then we get to a saeed episode this one uh, starts with saeed finding or being contacted by danielle in the jungle and she brings him out and says hey i uh, caught one of them meaning one of the others and we meet our, our new character here, and Saeed brings him back to the hatch, and uh, is like, I'm gonna torture this guy to find out uh, what exactly is going on with them. Uh, Locke accompanies him, or uh, Locke helps him out with this. Jack does not approve. They have a very tense scene where the alarm is about to go off if they don't hit the numbers. Uh, Jack's not going to let Locke do it unless he lets him in so so he can stop Saeed from torturing him. And once again, all hell breaks loose. We flash back to Saeed seeing what you may think was how he kind of left the uh, Republican Guard, but actually how he first ended up uh, being a torturer, where he was uh, made to do so by none other than made famous by the TV show Dexter Clancy Brown. And... (laughs) And we, we see, we get those flashbacks, but two pretty focused episodes that cover a, a lot here. <laughs> Eric, there's a lot going on. I, what did you think of these two episodes? <laughs> that was a good deflection to have you not say what you thought of them before me. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say it. I'll fucking say it. <laughs> no, uh, I generally really liked these episodes. Um, I think they're two of the darkest turns that we've had for characters <laughs> uh, with, I mean, just in terms of two different episodes with 
the trio of Saeed, uh, Sawyer, and Charlie all having pretty dark turns in these. Um, and I think we have, like, uh, I mean, obviously the introduction of Henry Gale uh, is a delightful uh, turn that uh, will undoubtedly keep uh, un unspooling as we move forward. But I think the flashbacks in these episodes uh, work pretty effectively because of the ways that they're mirroring as we've talked about the stuff that occurs on the island but also we just have really strong performances in um, those flashbacks that i really appreciate well eric you you, you got a fret i i thought you know last week we were maybe a little ho-hum on the episodes not like saying oh these are trash or anything like so far, a mediocre episode of Lost is still better than most episodes of Dexter, so <laughs> our curve is a little bit blown on that front. But I, if I was a little ho-hum about the episodes last time, I thought these were both really, really quite good. I'm, I'm a hair away from saying excellent like I did last season at one stretch, but I think this is probably the best two-episode stretch of the season since the first two episodes. That's high praise. Um, I don't think I disagree. Um, I think that the thing for me, the only mild, uh, I don't want to say negative per se, is uh, I think Charlie's uh, twist at the end of episode 13 when we find out that he's the one that, uh, you know, put a hood over over a son and uh, did all of that to embarrass Locke. Um, it's a little too dark for me. It's one of, or it's like one of those where like it's it's too dark in the sense of being believable. Um, it just feels like Charlie's taking a big villain turn that um, I don't. I didn't necessarily fully buy it, um, but I don't think that it's bad. I just I think it was a little bit too much. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Um, I don't think I necessarily had a problem with that. Like I said, big men's rights activist energy. <laughs> that is true. The only the only way it's not 100% men's rights activist energy is that his ire is not yet aimed at Claire. <laughs> That's true. I think, yeah, the thing for me was just the, like, also Sawyer's, you know, like, uh, walking out on the, on the beach uh, holding a gun, saying, like, he's the new sheriff in town. It's... It's just very big. Like, it's big in a way that these episodes really haven't been for these characters. And I think that that's maybe the thing that's throwing me a little bit that I still really enjoy. I just, I, the thing that I'm worried about is how this is going to play in the coming episodes, right? Like, I'm worried about how, or not even coming episodes, but throughout the rest of the season. Like, I, I just, I wonder how this is, how these characters are going to, ever get back from this type of really dark turn if that is possible or if that because like i've said i truly do not remember a lot of uh these mini character moments and i don't really remember much of charlie's journey so i think that's the thing i'm really interested in and it's not like i said not necessarily something that i completely dislike i'm just questioning its longevity um but yeah i mean what else stuck out to you from these episodes I think of all the characters who take really dark turns in this, Charlie's kind of the one that I'm going to have, that the show's going to have to do the most legwork to bring me back on, because right. he's just been, for a while now, the least likable out of our dark bunch for yeah. just multiple reasons, and we'll see about that. I think some of Charlie's writing has been just kind of inconsistent, but I'm not, I'm not going to let it completely damper things for me. 
Uh, but oh boy, where do we even want to start with like the meat of these two? We've gone pretty big picture, but where should we start with like really unpacking some of this stuff? Um, so I think I think the Sawyer flashbacks are. I I wonder if they're so strong because of the fact that we have like two very good actors uh, (laughs) supporting them in a way that like they've each become much, much bigger actors than they were in this moment almost 20 years ago. Um, I think the long con to me is one of the defining, uh, not only Sawyer episodes, but I just think one of the general defining like character um, episodes in terms of just how efficiently it sums up uh, Sawyer's character. And we've seen... The thing that I love about it is that we've seen that narrative before, like it as as you know, kind of alludes to, right? It starts in a incredibly familiar way with him opening up a briefcase that has a ton of money after, you know, him and uh, Kim Dickens have like had sex, and like it's doing this thing that like you're worried that it's going to tread very familiar ground in a way that we have sadly seen in some like Charlie episodes, for instance. But it takes an altogether different turn and more exciting turn because of the fact that as a narrative like structure, the thing that's so fucking beautiful about this episode and that I like I, I really, really, really love is that the writers are performing a long con on us. <laughs> like they're distracting yeah, very beautiful. <laughs> right? They're distracting us with this really elaborate long con that is like like just so fantastic and well acted and well performed and has a tremendous payoff and as that's happening we're so distracted from all of the things that are happening on the island that we don't realize that Sawyer's fucking performing a long con on all of them when in any other circumstance it actually would be really fucking obvious that that's what he's doing if we would have like seen the long con flashbacks and then seen the Sawyer stuff later so it's it's just a perfectly structured episode and it's like a perfect summation of how Sawyer's character functions I do just wonder as we then have this episode happen and then I believe is it episode 14 when Sawyer kills the frog? Correct. Yeah. I just like it's getting a little too like Sawyer's a bad guy and like he's <laughs> never done anything nice in his life and it's like but we know he has a heart. Like you know what I mean? Like we know he feels. So it's just like I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out going forward. Yeah, it really the structure of episode 13 is just so incredibly sound cuz I like as an audience, much like Kate, we're kind of like so predisposed to not trust Anna Lucia during this. Right. And you like feel smart before that first commercial break where you're like, it's her, she's the one doing all of this. That yeah, it's so easy to miss just all of the clues. I think I think I realized that it was Sawyer behind all of this, kind of like at that moment where he tells Kim Dickens' character. You just have to make them think that it's their idea because then it goes yep. to Kate asking him to have Locke move the guns. And I was just like, oh, Sawyer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just so beautiful. And I think I do, I do have, you know, kind of some nitpick things where I think kind of his motivation at the end of the flashbacks is maybe a little bit muddled. I don't know if it'll be maybe drawn out later on in the season. And yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like you said, it's kind of hammering like, oh, he's kind of like, the villain now but i think something that was maybe going to start bothering me in these episodes that we had kind of alluded to before was it's felt like with some flashbacks we've really been kind of treading some of the same ground mm-hmm. where we which we kind of do in these two episodes but it's less of a feeling like oh we've done this already and more like oh these characters are regressing 
because of right. all of these like stressors that are going on. And I feel like in these two episodes, it works so particularly well. I agree. I think that that's a very good way of putting it. I think that these characters have the have these moments. Said in particular breaks really, really, really badly when he's uh, interrogating Henry Gale, and then ultimately just ends up beating the shit out of him. Um, okay, which that, that moment yeah. where he is just beating the shit out of this man, and Locke is blocking Jack, and Jack is saying, "I'm gonna let the button go off." Like, we've talked a lot about, you know, people being in dark places. I think uh-huh. that moment, singularly, is, like, a low point for basically everybody involved <laughs> in, like, a profound way. Yeah, that's the thing to me that I think we're not gonna, we're not gonna stray from. And I, I, I truly just did not remember how, like, what, what that, like, are the things that we saw at the beginning of the season, right? Like, the introduction of the Hatch, the introduction of the uh, other survivors the like existence of others quote unquote like there's been so many things that have been brought about that are now all coming to a really 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 aggressive head right like the assumption that Anna Lucia is behind all these things and then like the assumption that Henry Gale is an other plus like the just very 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 tense moments where like even when Jack is trying to like heal Henry Gale and like Saeed and Locke are like every and like Locke also is really does not know what to do in a way that we really haven't seen that much of where he is really in these two episodes being either manipulated by people or is changing his opinion on the fly about certain things in a way that I think is really really fascinating and it's just like one of the many like that's a minor character thing but it's one of like many great character things that are occurring in these episodes yeah, I mean, because, like, that moment, it's like, Sai is just beating the shit out of somebody who I think is probably, <laughs> I bet pretty highly is one of the others, but we don't know for sure. Regardless, uh, torture's not great. Jack yeah. has just straight-up crazy eyes and is saying, I'm going to let the, the, <laughs> the countdown go off, and I don't think anything is going to happen with the, the same arrogance that he had when he said there were only, like, three others before they all lit their torches. And Locke is like... Uh, I mean, do I press this button that I don't know what's going to do, or do I let Saeed torture a man? It's just, uh, it, it, it was a lot. I was like, holy shit, this is a lot to take in right now. And then we get w- legitimately one of the, maybe the most tense moment on the show for me when the, the he doesn't enter the numbers <laughs> in time, and we see the red panels come up, and it's like a bird and a missile, and I'm just like, oh Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I think two of them are hieroglyphics. Um, and like, I can't remember what the sound is that we hear, but it it's a very ominous sound. Like, it's a different sound than what we've heard. And then, of course, you press execute, and then it all goes back to normal. Um, yeah, so he almost did press it. Um, it'll, as you've noted, right, You one of your conspiracies was that, isn't one of your conspiracies that we will see what happens when, like, the button is not pressed? Um, I don't remember if I actually said that or not. That sounds like something I'd say. I feel like it was something that you said, and I will bring it up as we keep talking. But um, I think one of the things that's, uh, like, I guess, like, what, what stuck out to you with the Saeed um, flashbacks and or his general, uh, you know, story in episode 14? I mean, it's kind of like I alluded to beforehand. His is just a, a him just kind of being still in mourning and regressing to kind of, like, his worst self. I kind of liked the mini twist of... Maybe it was just me, but I thought that we were seeing in his flashbacks kind of like how he got out of the 
Iraqi military by, you know, like starting to work for the Americans against his will initially. And that's how he like kind of gets out and starts looking for Nadia. Or is that her name? Uh, yes, Nadia. How he like gets out and starts looking for Nadia. But then to find out that that's kind of like how he began his career as a torturer, I thought that was just, you know, a fun little twist. The, the scene where he is just like screaming at Henry about how he would remember if he had buried his wife or not, I think is like, it's such a big moment, but I think that they they just nail it so well that I'm just like, ugh. I'm like, Said, I hate where you're going, but I lo- I'm liking this journey. And then he has this conversation with Charlie at the end where I'm like, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying here. It's just all going so dark. But even saying that, Eric, like we both talk about how like dark, like how how dark these episodes go. These still don't feel like overly grim, dark episodes. Weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if um, I wonder if it's because of how this is kind of building. That I wonder if I don't know. I mean, like I'm trying to think of how to position what I'm what I'm thinking. I don't, I mean, like, are we, I guess, like, the thing for me is, like, do we feel like these characters are learning a lot about the world that they're in, or, like, are, are they, like, no, nobody's really finding, I'm trying to think if, they, if there's any moments of, like, levity in these episodes, and there really aren't. Like, we have Sawyer being an absolute asshole to Hurley, like, making fat jokes, and, like, uh, Hurley being like, fuck this, I'm out, like, screw you, I'll t- like, whatever, you can, t- everybody hates you, so, like, it doesn't matter, like, I've, even the, like, B-plots and C-plots in these episodes, I don't know, like, th- this might be, this, I think this might actually be our two gr- grimmest episodes, which is saying a lot, I don't know, um, I kind of got lost in my own thoughts there, but, you got lost? I got, yeah, god damn, I got lost, uh, I guess yeah. Uh, what what else? What else stuck out to you from these? I, I think we'd also be remiss to mention uh, that we see both Kate's mom and Kate's stepfather in these flashbacks. Uh, Kate's mom, Diane, being the waitress at uh, Sawyer and uh, whatever whoever his kind of. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that and uh, Kate's stepfather is the one that is driving Saeed. Um, when he asks if you have any kids oh, and he shows wow. a picture and it's like a really young Kate. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Right. So we're having even more connections there of uh, these characters being linked uh, even before they've gotten to the island. Um, they I think are fun. They're fun little like asides, again, in episodes that are jam-packed with <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of narrative and character content. Um, oh, boy. So much. Two two very good episodes. Like I said, I have certainly nitpicks about all of these, and to be to, to just kind of air it out, these feel like the kind of nitpicks that we would have had that would have like buried a two episode stretch of Dexter in the later seasons. Right. But it doesn't matter because we we can just still enjoy so much about these that the, those little moments don't weigh down the whole ship. Okay, I do have an important question though. Yes. Do you think that this Clancy Brown character is the same character as in Dexter Newblood? Like, there's there's enough of a possibility of it that I I want to leave that open uh, as a possibility. Ooh. But should we go into our segment segment? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what should we start off with in segments? Um, let's start off with your conspiracy corner. All right. 
I believe last episode you said that there might be clones. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. That is something I said. <laughs> um, so I literally just came up with this as you were talking, but I think that like some kind of manifest external force like not something spiritual i think that like maybe some kind of government organization brought all these people together onto the plane so that it could crash on the island interesting brought them together to crash on the island okay so okay so wait so you say some kind of external force do you believe it's the government like do you believe it's a government organization or do you believe it's an external force like are you leaving it open to both as some kind of, you know, the government, the mafia, the, 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 the Illuminati, something to that effect, not like ghosts or something, although it could be ghosts. I'm not ruling out ghosts either. We do have uh, an allusion in the, these episodes to your first prediction was that there will be some element of time travel in the show when Hurley mentions, right, with Saeed's walkie-talkie when it plays, or the whatever, transceiver, whatever it is, that plays that radio station, and Saeed says it could be from thousands of miles away, it could be from anywhere, and then Hurley's like, or any time, oh. and I... <laughs> Hurley knows. Hurley listens to the podcast. <laughs> I was just like, that was literally only a call to Daniel. <laughs> like that's... And, and literally just people hoping that there's time travel in this show. Um, it's so, on yeah. the table. I know you've it already is, seen the show, but I'm saying it's on the table. It is on the table. It and was so re- subtle you didn't notice it on your first watch through, but me with my eagle eyes and fine tooth <laughs> comb will point it out to you before we're done. Exactly. Um, all right, what should we do next? Uh, do you want to do Somehow Palpatine Has Returned? Let's do it. All right, so this is... Uh, it's a little segment where I talk about what was going on in the world between the time frames when these two episodes aired. So we are in January and February of 2006 now. Let's see. Uh, I've, I've started talking about what the number one song in America was. We Last time it was Grills by Nelly, which it is briefly for this period of time, and then that is quickly, uh, li- <laughs> quickly leaves the charts never to be seen from again and is replaced by Check On It by Beyonce. Okay, nice. Yeah, let's see, Eric. So, let's we, we got some things going on here. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor retired from the Supreme Court. Nice, nice. It's always good when when uh, someone retires rather than has to die. It's always good. And they were uh, replaced by uh, uh, Samuel Alito. Uh, yeah. Yeah, big yikes! The start <laughs> of the start of the end. That's great. Uh, uh, Betty Friedman, the author of the uh, Feminist Mystique, died of congestive heart failure, so that's sad. Yikes, yeah. Uh, the Steelers beat the Seahawks in what was the uh, first Super Bowl that I like had conscious memories of. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's that one's rough. And uh, this, I normally don't talk about like famous marriages or something, mostly because I don't care or they're depressing. But uh, this one is depressing, not exactly for the people uh, involved in it but for something that has just recently happened as we're recording this uh henry hill the the, the real one the uh the, the mob informant uh, played by a uh, ray liotta in goodfellas uh got married during this stretch for the third time oh i thought you were gonna say he died and that would have been fitting based on ray liotta's passing okay well that's that's i guess that's a little bit happier 
a little bit but we're recording this like a week or so after ray leota died very sad just uh what a shame yeah all right eric should we go to winners and losers or as i call it uh just losers <laughs> losers and more losers uh yeah let's do it why don't you start us off uh losers uh everyone <laughs> <laughs> okay wait wait a better game to start off with is is there a single winner in these episodes i think the only one you could possibly argue for is sawyer but that feels like a That's like a schrodinger's down. loser where it's like okay he's got all the guns now but everybody hates him and he hates himself <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's fair. I would say also there's a possibility that Anna Lucia is a winner because she doesn't really do anything bad in these episodes, which for her <laughs> is a big win. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow that. Yeah. And like she everyone... didn't uh, attack Sun. Yeah, which is a big win. Losers, definitely Charlie, definitely Saeed. Uh, I would say definitely Sawyer. Um, I mean... I would say our... Locke, Jack. <laughs> Locke and Jack, both losers. Uh, Kate kind of yeah, uh, she gets got Hurley is like uh, kind of middle doesn't really do anything bad um, he's, he's the lessest loser lessest loser I think that's fair um, yeah I think that's it damn dude damn Daniel all right we got any we got any other segments we gotta take care of um unless I'm missing some I think that might be it well, let's get the fuck out of here, Eric. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, but I'm actually this isn't really a segment, but I just kind of want to think talk about things that I think think should probably be on the horizon here. Um, kind of like you said, does if we don't get some more development with the others, and particularly what's happened with Michael and Walt by the end of the season, I'm going to be very disappointed. So far, I haven't had too much expectations in terms of answers from the show, but it's like, come on, y'all. This is this is pretty big to, for this to still be up in the air if it's not answered by the end of the season. I wonder what's going on with Desmond. I actually kind of was wondering if he was maybe the one who was caught by Danielle at the start of episode 14. Because... He, he, he's still out there, I presume. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I kind of wanted... I'm, I just want to see more of kind of the interactions between some of the OG cast and the new ones from Ana Lucia's group. I was really miss, missing Mr. Echo in these two episodes, wanting some more of him, and just kind of wondering how this kind of further schism within the group is going to play out. Well, Daniel, I, I won't... I won't lead you too too astray but i will say that we do have some doozies coming up as i <laughs> as i do continue to say but these two in particular might be might be dealing with some of the things that you you just mentioned so i do have a i do strongly suspect that actually i know for sure i know the next episode's a claire episode i have no idea what the one after that is probably uh, uh robert pattinson episode because he's uh. on this show too yeah, you got it right. Wow, Hell that's impressive. Yeah. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, Eric. This has been the Autopsy of Tree Frogs, a Lost podcast where I watch the show Lost. Nobody else watches it, and I scream into the void at my friend Eric, who just puts up with me for 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> I don't know what I was supposed to say to that other than I don't... I don't put up with you. We put up with each other. That's true. That's true. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll cut a little deeper next week. Try to try to get the frog guts off of Sawyer's hand. I'm Daniel. 
I'm Eric. Goodbye, y'all. Bye.